So that is a summary of what we talked about last week. Uh, Jesus left the building so the Holy Spirit could come and show up. And uh, we looked at the first two chapters in the book of Acts, the book that picks up where all the Gospels leave off, where the stories of Jesus kind of end, Acts picks up right there. And uh, last week we talked about how after Jesus ascended, the ascension, that the, the people who had followed him didn't know who to follow anymore. That without Jesus around, the movement stopped moving. And they were in this holding pattern, hiding and biding their time. When suddenly, the Holy Spirit walked into the room and changed everything. He changed these Jesus followers from the inside out. And he helped transform them into men and women who were courageous and helped transform them into the men and women that they were born to be. When we finished last week, these Jesus followers uh, had been emboldened by the power of the Holy Spirit, and they had spilled into the streets to tell everyone about Jesus, to preach his love and grace. And in that day, 3,000 people were baptized. The church that we are a part of thousands of years later was born on that day. When I was still firefighting, one of the qualifications that I had, uh, I was a rope rescue technician. And I was, so I was part of a specially trained group of people uh, who were trained in high angle rescue. And so maybe you fell in a vessel or off a cliff or off a bridge, they would call us and we would come in with the ropes and uh, hopefully <laughs> rescue you. And rope rescue is a very technical uh, skill to learn. Uh, it's a complicated mix of ropes and uh, pulleys and anchors all kind of working together to form one system. So if the anchor fails or if you've done something wrong, the whole system can fail. Uh, but if everything's set up right, then the system is totally safe. And there's this test that you have to pass with every system that you build. Um, it's called the whistle test. And so uh, Drew's kind of laughing because he knows what the whistle test is. And uh, so if you build a system of using anchors and pulleys and ropes and you lower somebody over the edge or you're uh, pulling somebody up, the if the team leader whistles, Everybody who has their hands on a rope or an appliance has to put their hands up in the air. And if you pass the whistle test, nobody falls to their death. <laughs> if you fail the whistle test, you have done something wrong. When all the parts in the system work together, it's totally safe and totally functional. And in 12 years, we never dropped anybody. So that's what happened here at this point in the early church. All of the different parts, all of the different parts of the church, all of the different people were working together in perfect unison. 
And the Holy Spirit had empowered them to work together and to build the church. And everything worked together for their good. Luke, this is the guy who wrote the book of Acts, who wrote the gospel of Luke. He investigated all this stuff thoroughly and he wrote it down for us. Luke, who wrote Acts, put it this way. He said, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had every in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Everything was going great. And when Jesus' followers depend on the Holy Spirit to lead them, this is what it looks like. Sharing meals together, praying and worshiping together, learning together like we're doing now, using our resources to help each other, making sure everybody's needs are met. And I see the Holy Spirit working like this all over Fort City all the time. God is using each one of us in unique ways to hold this church together. The lonely find their people. The hungry are being fed. Those that have give so that those who don't, don't go without. And we've got people serving all over the place. We have over 160 volunteers who make our services happen every single week. And we have people meeting in homes, doing Bible studies in our community groups every single week, praying together and working out their faith. All the things we do, all the people that we get to reach all of it takes this army of people and resources to make the movement move. A movement of Jesus' followers trying to live and love like Jesus does. And as far as our reach is, as big as our impact is in this city, it doesn't happen because we are a big organization. It happens because one-on-one, -on -one, the Holy Spirit is meeting each one of us as individuals. And he meets us exactly where we are. And he begins a transforming work in our hearts. He cares about each one of us as individuals. And the whole thing works because of each one of us and the role that we play in the system. So Jesus said, he said, I will build my church. So you and I, the question is, we, the, the point is that we need to focus on becoming who he created each one of us to be, to figure out what he wants us to do. Every December, our church puts on this event called the Christmas Lights Bus Tour. You may have heard of it. It's huge. This year, this room was packed with over 900 people that we got to take out on tours of the city to see Christmas Lights Bus Tour. Uh, uh, I don't get it, you guys. I say, I've said this before. I would, I would never willingly take my kids on this tour. It sounds boring and terrible. But the tickets, they sell out in days. 900 people bought, bought tickets. And it's this great event. And I think we've got like, yeah, we've got people having fun, right? It's this great event. And um, a couple of years ago, uh, Chris Yarkey was on uh, one of the tours with his daughter, Bo. And Chris is in the front row in case you're looking for reference of who I'm talking about here. He's got the, the big gross beard. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Chris went on the tour with his daughter, Bo, and he knew that his house was on the route. The buses, you know, 900 people were going to pass by his house. And so he told us that he decorated. Well, 
Like he put up a string of lights on his house. I don't know if you can call that decorating. Uh, but as the bus drove by his house, he was excited and his daughter Bo was excited. And Dulcie, who was hosting his bus, uh, pointed out that his Christmas lights game was weak. And uh, I think people even booed his house. And, you know, like good brotherly Christian love. And, uh, and it was funny except for poor little Bo. She took it pretty hard, uh, and she cried, and she was furious at her dad for doing a bad job decorating. It's been a couple of years since that has happened, and i got to tell you, Chris has really upped his game. Uh, his house is one of the best on the tour now. He wanted to show that he could put his money where his mouth is, that he could do what he said he could do. And that's what Luke does here in Acts 3. We looked at Acts 1 and 2 last week. We're going to look at Acts 3. He's just told us that the church is working like a well-oiled machine, that things are happening that the way they're supposed to, that people are doing Jesus things. And to prove it, he wants to give us this very specific example. He wants to show us that he knows what he's talking about, and it is true. And so at the, at the start of Acts chapter 3, he tells us that Peter and John were on their way to the temple to pray, like they did often many times before. And Luke tells us that at the temple gate, a gate that actually had a name, it was called the gate called Beautiful. And they're at this gate, and, and there was a 40-year-old man who had never walked a day in his life. He had been disabled from birth. His ankles had deformities. And so he was at this gate begging for money. And it tells us, Luke tells us, he said, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, when this beggar saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. And Peter looked straight at him, and as did John. And then Peter said, look at us. And so the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from him. You know, he's asking. And then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And then taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk, and then he went on with them in the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. And this is what the church looks like when it's doing the things it's supposed to do. Broken people find wholeness. Hurt people find healing. Lost people become found. And you know, it, it's easy sometimes for us to read these stories and, or to watch a movie if you're like me and, and we sit there and we watch and we identify with the heroes of the story. We see where we're similar to, to the, the good guys in the story. It's, it's natural. But in, in this story, I, I end up identifying more with the beggar than I do with Peter or John. The beggar, he's accepted his fate. He has resigned himself to living a life of the limitations that have been put on him. Every day he goes to the same place at the gate and he does the same things and he has decided that he has become all it is that he is ever going to become. And I have to ask the question, where have I done that in my own life? What limitations have I accepted and applied to my life that stopped me from, experience the life that, from experiencing the life that God has planned for me? Am I growing? 
Am I thriving? Am I letting the Holy Spirit change me? Or am I stuck doing the same old, begging at the same gate? Because it's all I think I'm good enough for. Maybe you, you think you're not good enough. Maybe you think you can't talk to your friends about your faith because you, you don't know enough or you haven't done enough. Maybe you feel like you can't invite them to sit with you on a Sunday because you just don't have enough faith yourself. Maybe you think you can't serve because you don't have enough time. That you would join a team like Kid City, or, but you're just too busy. Maybe you don't have enough money or resources to support others. You would give more, but it's tough out there. And you've bought into a scarcity mindset. What limiting beliefs have we placed on ourselves that stop us from going past the gate and keep us there begging for something that isn't enough? You know, you can even see in the question that this poor beggar asks Peter. He asks for money. He's asking for something he thinks he needs, something that will help him continue in his cycle. His needs are so much greater than money. But that's all he can think to ask for. And Peter and John have something so much more valuable than money to give, more valuable than gold and silver. And they have the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. They have an identity that reflects the goodness of their Creator. And they have a purpose and a reason to live. But he just asks them for money. Makes me ask the question, what am I asking God for? Am I asking Him for the right things? Am I asking Him for the things that only He can provide? Jesus said that He came to give us life to the full. Are we living like we believe that He meant what He said? Jesus said that we can bring all of our burdens to Him and He'll carry them for us. Do we live life like we trust Him to do that? And Jesus said He will accept us no matter what, no matter what we've done or where we've been, He will accept us. Do we live like we are accepted? And if not, the question we need to ask ourselves is, why not? <laughs> Back in November, uh, I used Visa Points to book uh, a couple of nights at the Fairmont Hotel, Banff Springs in, in Banff. Um, it is this incredible castle in the mountains and there's no way that i am fancy enough to belong in a hotel like the banff springs uh fairmont and uh and so i parked i you know i ended up parking my little gray minivan between like bmws and mercedes and land rovers and not that i'm insecure about that at all um but yeah so we used points to book it i don't think anybody else there used points they used cash money but we used points and, uh, and we went to the counter to check in, and I'm kind of, you know, feeling a little bit out of place in this fancy place. I go up to the counter to check in, and she says, oh, sir, no, 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 uh, you're at the wrong place. And instantly, I'm just like, Lucas, you idiot. You don't even know how to check into a fancy hotel like this. You went to the wrong place, and instantly, the, the lady at the counter, she looks at me, she says, no, sir, uh, you're uh, part of the Fairmont Gold level, and you have a private check-in uh, on the private fifth floor. And I was like, yeah, I knew that. <laughs> I was just testing you. You pass, lady. Somehow, unbeknownst to us, we had been upgraded to their luxury level floor. And I'm telling you guys, 
there, there's like a gold button in the elevator that you push to go to this floor. There's private concierge. There's uh, the, there's a butler. Uh, that bring they have free food, hot drinks, cold drinks, everything you want. Uh, it was incredible, and I'm telling you, I took advantage of every free thing, whether I needed it or not. Can you imagine, with me for just a second, what it would be like to get upgraded to the gold level at the Banff Fairmont Springs, but to not take advantage of any of the amenities? To not take advantage of the good things that come along with that upgrade? And you know, that is what some of us do as Christians. We follow Jesus, there's no doubt. But we never access all the stuff that comes along with Him. We get upgraded to the gold level suite. But we don't discover or search for the things that come along with it. We live our lives at the temple gates, begging for scraps, when what Jesus has for us is so much more. The Apostle Paul said this in Galatians 5, just smart guy. He said, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I think he's being sassy here. There is no law against these good things. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I need more of those things in my life. I could use some more joy. I would accept some more peace. I definitely need more self-control. But this is the deeper life of what it means to allow God to change you from the inside out, not just to save you. He wants so much more for you than that. So practically, what do we do? What is the answer? How do we see the fruit of the Spirit develop and grow in our own lives? Adrian talked about one way that we're going to try together as a church. You could consider spending time in prayer and reading the Bible. The Bible is one of the ways that God has decided to reveal Himself to us. It's good for teaching and instruction and history, uh, but it's more than that. It is the way that God has decided to make Himself known to each one of us. And so starting on Wednesday, our whole church is going to do this reading plan through the YouVersion Bible app. I encourage you to join it. Even if you don't think you can read the Bible every day for 40 days, it's, it's, it's tough, but join it. You can comment on there. It's a way that you can look to God and see what he, who He is and what He wants for you. And the link is on our Facebook page right now. You can join it. And you got the bookmarks if you don't like using your phone. You can just read on your own. Or you could consider fasting for Lent. Fasting for Lent is this ancient church tradition uh, that some of us take part in. It's this, Lent is this period between Ash Wednesday, which is this Wednesday, and Easter or Good Friday, uh, where um, we focus on the life and the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. You can give something up that's important to you and replace the time that you put into that thing, investing into your relationship with God, discovering Him through His Word and through prayer. 
You could join a community group. Guys, I think this is one of the best ways to grow the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Uh, like the Bible, the church is one of the primary ways that God has chosen to make Himself known in our world, to make His face present among us. Not, not the church building, but the church people. If you want to see the face of God, the best places to look is in the face of the people who follow Him. And we have people meeting in these community groups every week, you know, asking the tough questions, working on their faith, pushing each other, encouraging each other. You could join the Thickwood Community Group, which is led by James Arita, or even the Beacon Hill one. It meets on Sunday afternoons. These are places where you can grow the fruit of the Spirit in your life. And you know, one of the ways I truly believe you can do this is serving on a team. Serving other people produces something in us that doesn't come naturally teaching a little kid that they can talk to God is so incredibly rewarding. Using your time and skill to serve each other and to help other people discover faith is huge. And then one of the ways that you can choose to take that next step and experience more of what Jesus has for you is through baptism. We're having baptisms in a couple of weeks. If that's something you're interested in, let me, don't, don't leave here without talking to me. But if you've given in to your limiting beliefs, and if you're tired of asking God for gold and silver when you know you need something different than that, then maybe it is time to do something different. Do one of these practical things to change it up and to experience God in a different way than you have before. Don't take your normal seat at the gate called beautiful. Instead, try something new. <laughs> I have to tell you guys... Uh, as I finish, just, oh, just about the worst day of my life, uh, when I let a huge opportunity pass me by. Uh, I got hired at Suncor in 2006. I was 19 years old. I did not understand what an incredible blessing that was to me as a dumb 19-year-old kid. And uh, I didn't know how lucky I was, but one of the things Suncor did when they hired me was they gave me this hiring bonus. They gave me a couple thousand stock options. Uh, essentially, a stock option was where Suncor bought stock for me and then at a certain price, and then when I sold that stock, everything above and beyond the original purchase price would be mine. And so uh, I don't know if you guys remember 2006, 2007, 2008, but Suncor stock was on a rocket ship to the moon. It was so, so amazing. Every day I'm watching this stock line go up and up and up and end up going up to $118. And at that point, I feel rich. And you know, I don't have real money yet, but I'm feeling rich. And then they split, so then I got double the stock. And then it kept going up and up again. And I remember a friend of ours at the time, his name was Vince, and he sold uh, his, and he took home about around $100,000. And I was just like, Vince, you are an idiot. Why? You, you could make so much more. Look, look at the way it's going. And within weeks, that stock price crashed and never recovered and when I could have at the top sold it for $100,000, I ended up getting $0 for those stock options. I feel your 
you know, this guy, this beggar at the gate, he had been begging there at that same place his whole life. People knew him. He was a fixture. The temple gate called Beautiful is where he sat. And you know what's crazy about that? This means that Jesus, who went to the temple often throughout his life, there all the time, what this means is that Jesus would have passed him by. Not just once or twice, not just a couple times, almost every time he went to the temple. This guy would be sitting there and the best opportunity in his life would walk right by him. He could have been healed so much sooner. He could have found his wholeness so much earlier. But he didn't know what to ask for. And he let the best opportunity he had walk right by him. This morning, do not let Jesus pass you by. Don't go one more day without asking the Holy Spirit to fill you. Don't let another Sunday pass being satisfied with just being saved, satisfied with the status quo. Ask Him to heal you. Ask Him to empower you. Ask Him to give you boldness and courage and ask Him to make you whole. Ask Him for the fruit of the Spirit to overflow in your life. Don't let Him pass you by. Reach out your hand and ask Him for what only He can give you. Stop sitting at the temple gate and ask Jesus to give you what only He can. Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. Let's pray. Jesus, uh, I thank you for this morning. I thank you this morning that we can come to this place and we can worship you together and we can pray together and we can look at these stories of how the Holy Spirit changed people's lives. And Jesus, we each come here this morning, the people in this room and the people watching online with different needs. And you have told us that we can come to you, that we can ask you for what it is that we need. But Jesus, so many times we ask for the wrong things. We look for the easy answers, the easy outs. And Jesus, today I pray that whatever it is that each one of us needs in our lives, that you would reveal it to us, that you would give us wisdom, that we would know what to ask for. And that Jesus, those of us who are sitting on the sideline, those of us who have taken up our place at the temple gate, we're, we're, we've let our limiting beliefs uh, reign in our lives. Jesus, I pray that today you would begin a work of removing those limiting beliefs from our lives. That we would discover that you have so much in store from us than just the status quo. Holy Spirit, I invite you to do a work that only you can do. Change each one of us. Illuminate what it is we need to see and help us to change it. I pray this in your holy name.